Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Old Testament reading in Isaiah 51, especially verse 9. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in days of old, the generations of long ago. This is God's word. That word, awake, is one that the Bible loves to use. It was one that Jesus especially used often to remind his followers, the children of God, us, stay awake. Don't be sleeping. Be prepared. And he would use that language to speak about the return of himself to this world on the last day when he would come to judge the living and the dead. Be awake. Stay awake. All of the gospels have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels, all tell us, stay awake. Don't be asleep when the master comes. However, Isaiah 51 is not telling us to stay awake. It's a little bit different. The first half of our Old Testament reading is actually a prayer from Israel to God, telling God, awake, awake. God, wake up. How presumptuous. What are they presuming? If they are calling on God to awaken, they must presume that God is asleep. Does that resonate with you? Have you felt the need in recent days or months or years, or at any time in your life, the need to shake God awake. To get his attention. God, look what's going on here. Do something. Act. You know, we actually kind of do the same thing when we pray the Lord's Prayer. We are asking God and calling on him, as Jesus has taught us to do, to act. And it is not wrong to ask God to act. Israel does not sin here by calling upon God to act. We pray in the Lord's Prayer. These petitions, these things that we bring before God. Let your name be hallowed. Let your kingdom come. Do your will here on earth as it is done in heaven. All of these things we're asking God, not even asking. We're calling on him. We're petitioning him. God, act. Do something. Wake up. We are in need. Here's the thing you've got to keep in mind. 
When you're calling on God to wake up. When you're calling on God to act. And that is, you might just get what you're praying for. Stop and think about the magnitude of those words. We pray in the Lord's Prayer. It's actually all throughout. When we pray, hallowed be thy name. In other words, God, let your name be kept holy. In other words, God, break down everything that keeps your name from being hallowed. We pray, thy kingdom come. In other words, we are calling on God to break into this world and to rule. And sometimes when a king rules, it can be quite messy. We pray, deliver us from evil. All the while, knowing and aware that evil is within us. And if he's going to break the power of evil in this world, it just might include breaking us down as well. And of course, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I skipped over that one. I wanted to come to it last. We pray week in and week out, probably most of us day in and day out, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Keep in mind, dear Christian, that God's will might not be your will. And yet you pray for it to be done anyway. The prayer to God to wake up, to awaken, to act is a good prayer, but it is incredibly bold. To ask God, to call on God to act. And who can blame Israel as they see their enemies gathering around them on every side? They want God to act as he did in days of old. And it's there in the language of Isaiah 51. They recall what God did in the days of the children of Israel in Egypt. When they were delivered out of slavery and brought through the Red Sea. Was it not you? O Lord, who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over. And can we not relate to that desire for God to do something like he did at the Red Sea? When we see enemies of the people of God all around us, when we see it more and more difficult today to be a child of God here in this world, When we know that we are under attack, that Satan is extending his tentacles throughout all the different areas of the world where he can get at us, tempting us, buffeting us, assaulting us, wouldn't we want God to give us a Red Sea moment? Wouldn't we want God to wake up? I mentioned that the first half of Isaiah 51 is Israel's prayer to God. Awake. Awake. The last half of our reading 
is God's response. I know we often struggle with how God answers our prayers. The, the sentiment often goes, and it's, it's pretty accurate to just say God answers every prayer. Always heard it said, I remember this as a child, I don't know if it was my grandfather who said it. God answers prayers in one of three ways. He says yes, or he says no, or he says wait. But let's be honest, we sometimes struggle to see the answer, don't we? It's not as though he sends us a text on our phone or writes it in the clouds. Yes, no, or wait. It's more complicated than that, isn't it? We struggle at times to know how God is answering the prayers we offer. In this instance, though, he leaves no doubt. Of course, he is the God who acts. He is not a God who sleeps. He is not asleep at the wheel of creation, letting it careen into a ditch. He is indeed a God who acts. But he is more than that. He is a God who saves. And here Jesus, excuse me, here the prophet Isaiah, through this interchange between the people of God and the Lord, teaches us something about prayer. It is good to ask God, to call on God to act. But it is even better to call on God to save. For that was why the Lord God parted the seas and swept away the Egyptians. That he might save his people. And God never fails to save. You might think he's failing to act. But you can never tell yourself that he fails to save. We will always find a God. Though we might struggle with why God doesn't cure this cancer. Or send away this evil. Or resolve this financial problem. Or help in this need that we might have. That we might not always understand why we don't see God's action in that way. You will never fail to find a God who saves his people. He never, ever sleeps when it comes to your salvation. He is the God who continually and routinely, over and over, holds before you the very cross of his son, Jesus. And not just the death of his son, Jesus, but also his resurrection from the dead, his victory over the grave, and the promise of his return on the last day to awaken all the dead. And oh, what a beautiful glimpse we get of in our gospel today, where Jesus acts. We see God in action in Jesus Christ in our gospel, but not how the people think it's going to happen. They laugh at Jesus when he suggests 
that the girl is merely asleep. They mock him and ridicule him at such a suggestion. Clearly, Jesus, this girl is dead. Anyone can understand that. The time for acting is too late. But not with Jesus. Not with the one who is the victor over death. You see, in Jesus Christ, death is merely a sleep from which the voice of Jesus awakens us. We are those here dead in our sins, dead in our trespasses, dead in accordance to God's law, deserving of eternal death that never ends. And yet, the voice of Jesus that forgives sins by means of his blood on the cross awakens us and brings life to us who had once been dead. And even when we are laid in the ground, even when we are laid to our eternal rest, it is for the Christian but a sleep from which Jesus will awaken us on that day when he does return in glory. Even when we think God is not acting, he is always acting in salvation, always forgiving, always holding before our eyes the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. No matter what enemy surrounds us, no matter what affliction comes our way, no matter how the devil and all his host might assail us, they can't overcome what Christ has done by overcoming death. By awakening from death himself and calling us to awaken also. I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name, our text reads. And I've put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand. Establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, you are my people. Dearest friends in Jesus, your God is not asleep. He is at work. He is acting to save you, to call you forth from death. To call you forth from the grave. That prison that has no power over you. For it's been broken by Jesus Christ our Lord. Continue to hear the words he puts in our mouths. That we may speak them to one another. And be reminded that God is at work. God is forgiving. God is saving. God is giving life. And in that action, 
he never stops. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.